Hey, rock stars, I'm JB, expert salesperson and master presenter. I'm the doctor, psychologist, and behavioral expert. This is the Entrepreneur Mastery Lab Podcast. We're high-performance coaches that help service-based professionals and entrepreneurs take their skills to the next level. 70% of entrepreneurs fail, which is why every week we have real talk with real entrepreneurs to help ensure you are not one of them. We're also the inventors of the Be Rich Mindset, where we rise to mastery, inspire greatness, celebrate knowledge, and help others along the way. So join us in the lab. And now, on to the show. Welcome back to the lab. I'm JB. I'm the doctor. For those of you joining us again, thank you so much for coming back and visiting us once more. We appreciate you having a listen here or watching us, depending on your favorite way to check us out. And if you happen to be new to the lab, welcome, welcome, welcome. Take a listen. Do us a favor. Subscribe, like, follow. Give us a five-star review. Get on the apps there. Let other people know about us. We are doing this for you, and we could really use your support to get the word out there. So if you haven't yet, whether you're a repeat listener or brand new, and if you like what you hear, give us a little love, all right? And on Spotify's latest update, they made it a little bit easier to review, at least leave the five stars. So we got that going for us. Just now got to push, click that button. Five. Learn something new. I'm an, I'm an Apple boy. I'm the Apple fanboy, so that's always pretty easy to leave a five-star review. So I am looking to you out there, the Apple people. Give us a little bit of love. Doc, what do you got going on in your life, man? I am prepping, well, coming out of my prep for Q2, uh, getting ready to make sure I have everything in, in my, my ducks in my row. Ducks in a row? I don't know. I had duck. Over the weekend, it was really good. So I'm like kind of focused on that still. It's been a week later <laughs> and I can't get that duck out of my mind. So I'm just going to use any kind of metaphor I can with the duck for the next week until I get more duck. You're really, you're really going down with the ship on this one, aren't you? <laughs> it was good duck. <laughs> How'd your Q1 you, go, man? Besides having well. duck to end it, how did Q1 go? I mean, do you need anything after that? It was a good one. It was, uh, Hit pretty much all my metrics that I had planned. Um, a few that are going to roll over, which is par for the course, which is good, right? That means we're we're moving in the right momentum. So not too bad. Yourself? Yeah, I was going to say we got to we got to up your goals if you hit all of them. I mean, there's a little bit of room there to do better, I think. Uh, yeah, Q1 went went fast, dude. Just really, really fast. It 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 always does. So right now it's kind of it's review and update and adapt however I need to to get Q2 to continue on that path. But all is looking good. I like it. It's a, it's a fun time of year for most of the country. It's warming up for us. It's just getting warmer uh, down here in South Florida. So, you know, it's, it's all good, man. I'm excited. I am actually really changed. Oh, my God. Yeah, thank, thank, I appreciate that. You you a fan of the spring ahead or are you more of a oh yeah all that like guy daylight I like my daylight yeah I don't actually feel like I'm gonna fall asleep at five o'clock now because it's dark out so it's it's very happy that we get it's weird how that the the time changes over as it gets later and later um, and then we make the time change so now it feels like eight o'clock is darkness when it first changes over it feels like five o'clock is darkness so it's yeah. a, 
I, I don't know, dude. I, I'm just one of those guys. I, I just wish it stayed the same. I don't really care which one it stayed the same on. It doesn't matter to me, but just like give me some consistency there because I, I feel like it's like when there's a full moon, people are just driving like they're crazy. People are all off, right? Everybody's kind of off base a little bit, uh, myself included. I just can't we just drop that finally? Like yeah, half my dog, the world or most of the world? My dog doesn't understand time change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> still wants to go for walks at different times now it's it's throwing us off yeah yeah i i can appreciate that so hey man i'm uh i'm pretty pumped we got a great guest joining us today uh really gonna take a moment to introduce this guy pierce kukisi kukisi excuse me pierce love you man uh ceo built to evolve operation evolve.net uh former army ranger and uh a really great guy pumped to have him on board so pierce welcome to the lab hello hello guys good to be here yeah th thanks for joining us man i know it's it's earlier your time talking about time change you're all the way in the west coast so you're three hours ahead of us here early morning for you <laughs> yeah, yeah. sun is rising but it's all good par for the course man are you an early riser yeah try to be up every morning at sunrise get the light in the eyes and on the skin and moving around Nice. Love it. I love it. Is that, has that always been that case or is that, is that just uh, the influence of being in the military? No, not always. Um, and not necessarily the influence of being in the military either. Honestly, I value the sleep even more. I'd be grabbing minutes of sleep anywhere I could in the military. It was more afterwards when I started to understand the effects of circadian rhythm and light on health and performance and everything like that. that I got uh, really into timing everything with the sun. Nice, man. So so fill us in a little bit. So for our listeners who, who don't know anything about you, haven't had the chance to talk to you beforehand like like we have, just share a little bit about your background, what you're doing today, and uh, let, let's kick it off from there. Sounds good. Um, so I'm currently out in, in California um, from the Northeast New York, Connecticut area. Um, and I guess the, the main part of the background everybody's interested in is military special operations, right? So I was in U.S. Army special operations as a ranger. Did all the fun combat deployments all over the Middle East, um, went through training myself, trained others, and it was a really incredible time. I learned a ton about myself. I learned a ton about physical capacity of myself and others, mental and emotional. I learned what works well and what doesn't in kind of the most stressful of human environments. And when I got out of the military, I essentially got, kept getting asked to bring that experience back and teach it teach what mental and physical resilience looks like. So I had been doing that with collegiate athletes, professional athletes, um, with some other sports psychologists. I'd been doing that with some CEOs that had asked uh, some corporate teams. And all throughout this time, I was going through my own struggles of reintegrating back into normal life. My body was beat up. My brain was beat up. Uh, I was thrown right back into a completely different lifestyle. Uh, we had COVID come up and all that. So then I, I got really, really into how do I kind of reverse engineer everything that I learned to create balance? Right? So everything that I had learned, you could say was higher on the spectrum. Always go, go, go. Always fight or flight. Always working under stress. Being as productive as possible. Making sure that all the ducks are in a row and there's no issues. When you do that too often, it creates burnout. And that's kind of what we saw a lot within the military, the military system that leads to 
health issues, psychological issues, and all these things. So I really dove into neuroscience. I dove into psychological healing. I dove into physical healing, everything for longevity. And I noticed a massive performance shift in myself and the people that I was working with, recognizing that this idea of balance, maybe not in the way that most people are thinking of, but kind of if you think about it in a like a heightened sense of sympathetic nervous system, fight or flight, and then parasympathetic rest, digest. And the balance between the two is where we can make the best decisions. We can react the best. We can have the most energy, the most mental clarity, the most longevity. And so through all of this and, and working, you know, taking people from sports psychologists, uh, taking patients from a neuroscience for trauma and pain and addiction and things like that, I was able to kind of put all this together into this high performance package, right? And now I essentially work with entrepreneurs and executives on this idea of productivity, longevity, performance, stress reduction. Um, and it's been really incredibly effective. And I, I, I honestly think that a lot of the the things that I teach nobody else does, and they're not necessarily big complex ideas. Um, it's kind of simple tweaks that we can make to have a huge impact. So that's what I'm doing now. And it's been, it's been really rewarding and getting to work with some amazing people. That's awesome. And, and for, for like the, the listeners who know me or, or the viewers that know me, they probably think, Oh gosh, special, special forces. Josh is going to love this guy. They're going to get along super duper well. And then you go out and you throw ducks in a row out there and you start talking psychology and you're probably besties with the doc right now. <laughs> I, I heard I like duck and I started going off to that, that place I was before. Yeah. yeah. I, I wanted to bring it back. But yeah, I appreciate it's, it's cool. Honestly, I can, you know, it's easy to talk military thing and it's, it's fun to talk you know science and everything like that so i like to be able to pl play both sides of the coin and i think that's also something that people don't expect they come i talk to them and they think i'm going to come in as this hard driving military guy and if i need to be that for that person i will right. but some people need the opposite some people need softening some people need the hey when you are in combat or when you are in raising money mode you need to be able to relax because your brain's not working properly. Your body's not working properly. People are reading your energy in a negative way and they're giving you things that you don't want. I think that's, that's insightful. You, we talk a whole lot about not one, one size, not fitting all Yeah, and, and recognizing that everybody's going to react or respond differently. And you've got to come in uh, with different processes and routines for different types of people and personalities. So I, I think that's, that's a huge part of what we believe in within our business and our framework as well. That's, that's why there's two of us. You've got, you've got somebody like me who tends to be a little bit more hard charging. You've got somebody like the doc who's a little bit more like, Hey, chill that, chill that out, JB, you know, <laughs> take, take it easy, man. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious, Pierce, you brought something up that, that kind of stuck out to me, you know, in, in the military world, in the world you came from there, you, you talked about everything's high stress and, and, uber focused on productivity and the environment a lot of times especially if you're out in the combat zone i imagine uh requires that uh but it sounds like a whole large part of what you're doing is built on an evolution of that right it, it's not just about that it's about finding the balance and how to make some of what you took from there work here in in you know the the rest of 
what people are dealing with in life because not we're not in combat zones you know generally and uh, people might like to make that analogy but the truth is you know we're we're business owners and we're consumers and we're entrepreneurs and we're we're dealing in a pretty civilized society for the most part yeah so what the military does extremely well is teaching people or breeding an environment where they can operate under stress in the moment the highest levels of stress that humans can go through we were able to compartmentalize any emotional or mental issues and just get the job done right so i consider us to be and my you know colleagues there to be world class in that department where we're terrible is down regulating right you only have a certain capacity to stay on high alert for so long this is why there, there's even a, a term called operator syndrome, which is now a medical term. It comes from the special operations community, and it's basically from, they'll call it a high allostatic load, which essentially just means like stress all the time. Whether it, you perceive it as stress or it's just lack of sleep, constant motion, constant things you have to do, being in combat, I see the same thing with business owners with entrepreneurs, with executives and CEOs, right? And for a lot of them, they also are very good in the moment. When something intense has to be done, they can do it very well. That's why they're in that position. But where in the military we fall off is the longevity. If we cannot down-regulate, meaning if we cannot chill out, all of these health and psychological issues start happening. That's where you see, like, to another area where I recognize the issue of light, right? Why, when I changed nothing about myself and my team, but we went on a night schedule where we're waking up at sunset, going to bed at sunrise, the wheels fall, fell off for everybody health-wise, right? And that affects performance of the team. And so I'm looking at this from a longevity piece. And in the military, I started to understand this. I started to dive into meditation. I started to dive into um, breath work techniques to be able to control my heart rate because I was recognizing that nobody was able to sleep. Nobody was able to relax. It was kind of, and there's a, there's a theory out there for anybody that's into the science called the polyvagal theory. And it's essentially the longer you live in stress, the more you switch from stress to depression and the window of normal living closes, right? So it's either high alert, go, 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 or couch potato so we're trying to build that middle window where people operate and function properly and so i learned that all of this even more as i got out of the military and so a lot of the things that i do with ceos and entrepreneurs that are constantly on the go working all the time is we're finding small windows of time to reset themselves right. and we can do that relatively simply a lot of people are afraid when i come into work with them they're gonna say all right you're gonna change my entire life around no I'm going to give you maybe five minutes in the morning, three minutes in the middle of the day, five minutes at night. And that can change your world. Just having those little tweaks in how you operate. Yeah. It makes me think of the, those entrepreneurs, those, those professionals out there that kind of, you know, they'll, they'll show you their calendar and it's blocked. Every single minute of their day is completely blocked and they're proud of it. And, and, you know, I kind of sit back a lot of times when I, when I see something like that, Pierce, I go, well, you know, there's, there's literally no flexibility baked into this schedule. There's no opportunity for you to take time when you need it because you, I, I tend to be a believer that our energy flows, you know, it, it, it 
its peaks and valleys throughout the day. And we've got to kind of be able to manage that a little bit. Uh, balance is a huge part of that. So I, I love what you're saying. And I think it's, you're talking about, you know, lasting long-term for the marathon, because when we're in business yeah. and we're professionals, it's, it's not an all out sprint all the time, as much as a lot of gurus might make you want to feel and think that way. You know, you, you kind of hear yeah. that from a lot of people. And I actually like, I like the full schedule where everything is blocked, but I come at it from a different way. And I tell this to a lot of my clients, become the architect of your life, right? Most people live outside of their own control, which means their other people are grabbing at them, their own mind. Right? We can talk about the mind on, on what's yours and kind of what survival mechanisms, right? And they're imprisoned by that. I like to create just like a house. You have to have all the building blocks of the house. I want to be able to build all parts of my day, but some of those things are non-negotiable, mm -hmm. right? This could be going for a walk outside. That could be a 30 minute block of your day. This could be uh, a journaling on what happened. This could be, Hey, I'm going to, you know, you could write in your calendar, 30 minutes, put the phone in the other room, Go spend time with your kids and your wife. Focus on being as present as possible. Right? And now we're setting an intention for everything that we do. And a lot of entrepreneurs, they if they have any downtime, they think I'm not, I'm not doing, I'm not being productive, I'm not bringing results. Right? But if I set an intention to just sit down on the couch and increase the relationship with my significant others, then I am having productive time. I am having some sort of dopamine hit. I'm setting an intention and I'm meeting that goal. And that is further increasing not only my energy, my work output, my motivation for the next day. So that's something that, uh, that I'd encourage people to try. Design the entire day from waking to sleeping. But that doesn't necessarily mean work. It's key differentiator, right? It's, it's not always about driving revenue which I think is where, where a lot of our minds go immediately as, as business owners and professionals. It's like, if I'm not driving revenue in this moment, I'm not being productive. To your point, there's a lot of things in our lives we can be productive around and it's not all business and work. And the reality is business and work is never really separated out from the rest of our lives either, right? There's there's always bleed over from one section of our life to the other. They, they influence each other. So our relationship with our partner influences us through the rest of our day and our week that matters big time and you see that yeah. when you get into fights with people or you get angry or you get depressed yeah. you know that carries over into business too and so you've got to be you've got to be aware of that i love what you're saying um and about being intentional we we use the word respect a lot how, how you need to respect your time and you need to be the first person to respect your time because if you're not respecting your own time how can you possibly expect anybody else to yeah i noticed this the most it was the most you know, in my face in the military, right? The idea one of relationships, right? because I'm in this scenario where it's a life or death, not only in deployments, but even in training, right? We're oftentimes using live bullets feed from each other. Um, and if one of my teammates has an issue with his wife and he's stuck in his head while we're out training, that affects the performance of everybody and the safety of everybody. Right? And I see the same thing, even if it's in minute ways in the business world or in the athletics world too, working with some athletes in the NFL and UFC, 
not necessarily with relationships, but with anything. And what I really try to do is get it on a very small scale so that people build as much awareness as they possibly can to the programs in their mind that they run based on certain things. And right? so it's about building awareness of what else in my life is now affecting this decision. Did I react in the boardroom a certain way because of that? Or was it because of a conversation with my parents last night? Or was it something that happened when I was 14 and I'm now building a behavior pattern that's leading me to making a rash decision or leading me to make a decision by emotion instead of with intellect. Right? so it's, sometimes it's, it's out there, it's in your face. You can really see it. You can really see the performance. What I think I try to do the most is, is pull it out of people, right? I don't find that I have any of the answers. If I work with you, JB, you have the answers. I'm just here to dig, pull them out so that you can see them from kind of a third person point of view. I love it. Self-awareness, right? I, I, I mean, huge, huge, huge thing that most of us are pretty blind to until we have somebody step in and kind of start asking some of those questions. And, and I know I, I speak about this from time to time over the last year, I've incorporated meditation daily into, into my life and it's given me a much better response versus reaction which I think is kind of a lot of what you just spoke to. It's, you know, am I reacting or am I responding? Uh, and, and pausing for a moment to, to allow myself to maybe work through some of what I'm feeling, which the doc can probably speak to quite a bit. Uh, he kind of acts as my therapist half the time anyways. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that's, a, that's an important needs, skill. Everybody needs just someone from the outside to look at their life without the emotional attachment that they have. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're a president or Tony Robbins. It's helpful to have that that third party. And that's where they have the challenge with people is because they do that with people that know them a lot of times. And everyone has their own agenda, even if it's a good agenda, even if they mean well. Um, you're not always going to get the most clear, honest uh, insight from people that are really close to you. Yeah, because even then, they have, a, they have an attachment to the relationship. Absolutely, yeah. They don't want things to, they don't want to. Even if it's subconscious, even if they're trying to be honest with you, they're still going to be cautious about saying anything that you might take the wrong way. Yeah. Um, so it limits that in uh, accuracy. And that's where that awareness piece comes in, even for the coach. Yeah. I, I, one of the reasons why I like doing this is I can't be a hypocrite. I have to continue to do this work on myself. I have to continually practice releasing things like judgment of that person, right? And I was a all-star in the judgment department coming from, <laughs> coming from a military background where it, it was, it had to do with safety. I had mm -hmm. to judge my teammates to make sure that I wanted, to, I was confident in bringing them out. I had to judge myself to make sure I was training people. I had to judge everybody from foreign units. I had to judge everybody on the street, right? And it helped me, but when I came back, it was no longer helping me. It was creating a hindrance in every relationship that I brought it to. So now consistently bringing that awareness, okay, where is it coming from? What's the reason? What's the truth? How do I physically practice releasing that in the moment so that when I'm working with somebody, I don't have that, that blockage there at all. Yeah, it, it shows a great 
maturity and development. I, I think Pierce, where where you came from, and really being an expert in what you did. You know, special special ops. I mean, you're you're the best, of the best. You're elite at what you do. Uh, but kind of recognizing, okay, what worked really well in that role and position doesn't necessarily always apply to other pieces of my life. When when my life has changed, my circumstances have changed. I'm no longer in that in that same situation, and so I've got to adapt and evolve a little bit. Uh, it's it, it just kudos to you for kind of going through that growth and development and maturity, and then being able to bring it to other people. Because I think as professionals, we all need we all need to do that. I'm curious, kind of bringing this all the way back. We were talking about stress a lot, and you're working with high level uh, athletes. You're talking CEOs and, and teams, and you're really dealing with executives and professionals. How much of that? that stress kind of driver are, are these people? I mean, these are really a lot of type A people where this is very, very common dealing with the stress and not having that balance. Do you find that more often than not? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of the, the higher performing we become, the more this comes into play. I can give you the, the, the easy example to see this is with athletes. Um, I work with an NFL athlete. Let's say I have two months with him. I'm not going to make him a 50% better athlete, even if we're doing physical training, right? He is at the top of the game. We can get him to his best. Maybe we can make a couple percentage changes, right? But that's not going to be, he's already in the NFL. He's already in the UFC. He's performing well. Where we can make huge strides is that stress area. Now come at this from very different angles. Okay. We have what I call band-aid solutions and then attacking the source. If you think of this problem or this idea of stress as a bullet wound, right? You have to have something on top to help, you know, control the bleeding, but you also have to go in and stop the bleed at the source, right? Maybe that's an artery or something like that. So sorry for the, uh, the graphic mental photo there. <laughs> so the Band-Aid solutions are really, really extremely helpful. The way that we breathe, to downregulate from sympathetic nervous system to parasympathetic, fight or flight to be able to perform. There's also ways that we can get them to be more comfortable with stress molecules, right? When CO2 floats around in the blood, that's a stress molecule. It gives us a certain signal. So a lot of times I'll spend time with like an NFL athlete doing something, holding their breath. And it's strictly for awareness of what physical actions are coming up. How is it manifesting? How can I recognize that signal and then use that as a trigger to change my performance? As stress goes up, right? This is a survival mechanism. Stress goes up. Our mind starts injecting fear or doubt, right? This is something that will hinder the performance of an athlete or something in business. So we work a lot with these, these ideas of stress. How do I calm myself down? I just did a sprint. Right? I need to perform again in 30 seconds. How do I physically and mentally calm myself down? Physically so that I can perform at 100% and mentally so that I can think and react in the moment the way that I trained without the pressure. Okay, That's what I call the Band-Aid solution. Then we also work with them on the root cause to this business with athletes. For some of them, there is inherent stress running throughout their lives. There is pressures to perform by themselves or other people. For athletes, sometimes it's, you know, people wanting something from them. 
feeling isolated. Uh, for entrepreneurs, it could be uh, the weight of the world is on them, uh, or they have pressure from the outside world. Any of these things, it could be that they felt like they weren't good enough because of something that happened when they were young. Right? Go deep into those problems and work on dissolving them, which means not necessarily solving the problem, but reducing the impact that it has on you. If you can do both of those things, it makes a world of difference on your performance, on your productivity, how happy you are, how content you are in your position. Um, it reduces addictions on how we deal with stress that obviously affects performance. And I can give you an example. I worked with a, a president of a large healthcare company, it's a $700 million company. Because of some fears from back in his past, he was having panic attacks, going on stage, talking in the boardroom, uh, having fear on plane rides, um, using substances that were not aiding any of this, not aiding his cognitive function. And so all we had to do is utilize those two, spent about two hours with him, utilize the Band-Aid solutions as well as attacking the source, no more panic attacks, which is a, has a massive effect on the company as a whole, his performance. Um, so I just kind of wanted to bring that up as a, as something to think about for people, right? It's not just what can I do now? Okay. Maybe I'll go do some meditation, maybe go do some breathing. You have to do the more difficult work, which is facing the things that we're escaping. If you can do that, you're freeing yourself of limitation. It's pretty, pretty awesome, man. That's seriously, that's phenomenal. Anybody who's dealt with anxiety or panic attacks, just know how debilitating they, they can be. And I'll share a personal story here. Uh, I, I spent a career in public speaking uh, and presentations in front of groups of people. And as the Fortune 50 company, uh, working on getting myself promoted to an external sales role. And uh, I had a lot of stuff going on outside of work in my life. And I started getting panic attacks every time I started speaking in front of people. I had no idea what it was. But for somebody who who was building a career around speaking in front of people to all of a yeah. sudden have panic attacks around it, uh, it was terrifying. I, I mean, an absolute terrifying experience to go through. Uh, so anybody who's been through that, uh, you know, I, I just think it's wonderful that you're able to step in and, and help with that, because that is an awful experience. And I'm sure a lot of people out there can really relate to, to what you just said. Do you remember the the actual feelings or thoughts and the reasoning for why it was terrifying? You know, I you you talk about doubt and you talk about weight all of a sudden something that was totally natural and comfortable for me and now I'm 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 on really unsteady ground, right? I went from going feeling really stable and balanced to all of a sudden my identity, right? You know, who I am, my skill set, yeah, all of it you start to question. And and it didn't matter in a sense that I knew that there was a lot of change in my life that was driving this you know, because I still had to work through it, right? So just because I knew that there was a cause for for something going on didn't change the feelings that, that I was dealing with. Really, just a tough situation. I, I did not like Is that. Is there a tipping point between the confidence and the doubt? What's that? Was there a tipping point between the confidence and the doubt? I don't know if there was a specific tipping point, but you know, there's a there it yeah, it felt a lot like 
going up a roller coaster, right? All that pent up anxiety and expectation. And then, you know, once I was actually able to kind of do and, and start to, to actually perform a lot of, a lot of it kind of went away, right? You know, you kind of, you go over the top of that roller coaster, you start going on the way down you get that thrill. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. So yeah. it's good to recognize that one thing that I like to build with people as a practice is you notice that in the present moment, there are typically no issues, right? When you start to speak, you are completely enveloped in the present moment. Mm -hmm. From there, you're safe. You have the skills. You are not thinking about the identity. You just are. Fear or doubt, like anxiety, is projecting in the future. Right. Uh, any sort of depression or fear, sometimes from the past, we're not living in the present moment, right? That's a skill that you can build going into a situation like if you have to perform on stage, you have to give public speaking. How do you remain in the present moment all the way up until you actually start to perform? Which could be visualization, which could be uh, somatic techniques, which means being in your body versus being in your head. And then we could also go in and understand that we didn't really take the time to do this yet, but just one thing that I heard from you was identity which is another issue that I had coming off of a military career, right? Probably when you first started public speaking, it was just, hey, I'm going to do this, right? And I'm going to see how it goes. And I have the skills and let's make this happen. The second you had something to lose, you had built an identity. The next steps in your life were based off of this. Then the fear comes in. Then the doubt comes in. Even though you're more prepared in that moment, these mental or emotional problems are hindering performance. So where most people are stuck on, okay, what's my speech going to be like? What am I going to say? Who's going to be in the room? What's going to be next? And they think that's productive. What's more productive is how do you remove the thought that you are this identity and that there is something to lose instead of just going there with none of that, with no walls up, with no hindrances. How would that change the way you are on stage, right? Most times when you give a speech, people only hear or download 20% of what you say. I, you know, I don't know. I wish I could measure that. But what they do get all of is the energy that mm -hmm. you bring on stage. And if you are fearful and doubtful, people can feel that. And so that's one of the big things that I, that I focus on. And, and hopefully this is creating, this is sparking some thought for people and creating a little bit of the mental shift of, oh, what, what do I have that's maybe not mine? Right. These are like outside pressures, right? From you, things we've built on ourselves. So that's a, that, that's just such a, that's a key topic for so many people, I, identity and transition when you're in a transitory space, I, I doc, you, you deal with this all the time in, in your other practice, working with people in transition. That's a, that's a, that's a tough one. That's a personal struggle that I definitely went through when I left the corporate world too. Yeah. You know, so, so in a lot of ways I, I can appreciate everything you just said there, Pierce. I do want to mention for all our listeners um, that a lot of what we're talking about here can open up some wounds and, you know, give you some good insight and to be very cautious to know that one size doesn't fit all that as we go through this, we all have different experiences and we have different outcomes through having these kind of conversations and working with people. So just, you know, don't try to compare what you're hearing and thinking, well, if I can't do it that way, it's not going to work for me. Um, there's different layers of trauma. There's different layers of ingrained behaviors throughout your life that are going to respond different to 
the things we're talking about today. So don't don't feel that it's it could be overwhelming. And I don't want you to feel that way as you're hearing this. I want you to realize that everyone comes to this in a different sense, in a different place. Um, and yeah. that's why it's good to get your own work individually so that the person working with you, whether it's someone like Pierce, a psychologist like myself or someone else, um, can actually go in and, and help you directly with what you're dealing with. That's a really good point to make. A lot of people get hung up on the idea of it's essentially a perspective issue. They're thinking, oh, I don't have these same problems. Or when they're talking to me, they're like, well, I was never I was never in you know, the military and combat, but it doesn't matter, right? What's big for some people is, is the same for others. It doesn't matter what the traumatic event was. It doesn't matter what the issue is to each person. They have their own perspective to a two-year-old dropping their ice cream is the biggest issue <laughs> in the world, right? It's only a matter of perspective. So everything is completely individualized. That's why personally, I think the one-on-one -on -one work is the most helpful. It kind of creates that that safe container and then find the person that you, you kind of work with the best and you feel the most comfortable with. Um, but I think this process, this overall personal development, this overall analysis is something that is becoming more prevalent in the business world and needs to continue because we're seeing massive uh, performance improvements on the culture of teams, on individuals on how they feel turnover at companies um, is becoming better, right? It, it costs so much to hire and retain and train people. Right. And so we're, we're also making people more content with their lives and with their business and how they're feeling. Pierce, I, I want to ask you a question here. Uh, that I think might be helpful for some of our listeners and viewers. <clears throat> if, if I'm a professional and, and let's say I'm a, I'm a professional that's a fairly high performer. Uh, how do I self identify if I need to take, a step back and work on some of my stress management and my balance management. Is there a way to self-identify who really could use this? Yeah. Every single person on the entire planet. <laughs> Lay up. <laughs> um, I, I deeply believe that, right? Because there are, there are things that happen in life that at some point we do not know how to deal with them. When you're six years old and you get picked last for pickup basketball, that creates a behavior change where maybe then you start people pleasing the others above you. And then that continues to snowball and it goes through your relationships in high school and in your twenties and in your thirties. And then it, it uh, creates who you are. And then uh, the way we react with stakeholders in the business is something based on something that we dealt with when we were six and we didn't know how to in that moment. Everybody has something like that everybody and so we by doing this analysis we can under try to understand where these things are coming from is it helping us or is it hurting us are we are we attached to some sort of identity that doesn't really exist or are we building this for ourselves and then on the levels of stress and things like that everybody has it to some degree everybody has it to some degree. And even when you continue to lower it, right? Let's say I'm at a 10 and I cut my stress in half to five and then in half again to two. If I keep cutting it in half, I will never get to zero, right? It'll always be 
these decimal points getting bigger and bigger. There will always be some level there. It's just a continual process of improvement. This mental and emotional work that I'm talking about is no different than physical fitness. I could always get right. a little bit better. I could always get a little bit more resilient, a little bit more mobile, a little bit healthier. The issue is on the physical side, we can see it. We can interact with it every day. It's like I, I went to the gym today. I, I ate healthy. Most people, what they do with their minds is the same thing as sitting on the couch and eating donuts for 30 years. It's true. And a lot of the people that come to me are older, 40s, 50s, just brought on a new client who's 60, and finally being like, wow, I did not realize where so much of this was coming from. I was operating unconsciously for so many years. All right, Pierce, I liked you a lot until you just said older and 40s in the same category. <laughs> All right, show's over. We have to go. Uh... Uh, I apologize. I didn't mean it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They weren't were uh, high school kids or, or in college. That's right. I'm going to give yourself a, uh, give you a chance to redeem yourself right now if you can tell a little bit about uh, – we heard you have something that you're doing, and our audience might be someone that might be able to participate in it. Would you like to tell our audience a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, coming up here soon, I'm starting a case study. And I'm looking for five individuals and three company teams to jump in with me and, and run a case study on the effect of mental and emotional health on productivity. So what I'm offering is essentially a, a performance consultation with myself, where we will be digging in and kind of identifying any of these blockages that you have personally with the culture of your team with the way that things are run, right? And I'll be able to pull out what some of these barriers look like so that you can see them for yourself. And, you know, we can either decide to move forward with a case study or you can seek help in other ways or, or try to solve the problem. But the goal here is to see how the ways that our people and ourselves operate in the physical and mental realm in terms of decision-making and taking risk, how that affects productivity on the whole. Because what I noticed was is that so many companies and so many people spend so much time, money, and energy on productivity, different tools, uh, different softwares, different things inside the workplace, in the office. My entire philosophy is around the human themselves as the asset. You're the biggest asset to the business. We have to get them to operate at 100% and see all of their blind spots. So that's the offer. Anybody can feel free to reach out to me and we'll kind of discuss whether this seems like a right fit. Um, but I'm really looking forward to this project in a specific way. It's awesome, man. They, thank you. And, and for anybody who's looking to gather some information around that or wants to reach out to Pierce, all the contact info will be in the show notes and in the YouTube notes. So don't hesitate to check out those details. Uh, and you can also uh, get in touch with Pierce through the Entrepreneur Mastery Lab. And uh, he's, he's a member with us there. So Pierce, really happy to have you on the show, man. Thank you so much for joining us. It was enlightening. I, I love, love to hear from you and your perspective. It was awesome. And uh, you know, really appreciate the journey you've taken and look forward to seeing where you keep going from here. Yeah, I appreciate the invite, guys. It was a great chat. Good chatting with you, Pierce. All right, Doc. I had a lot of fun having Pierce join us. You know, obviously, I, I feel some 
some cut from the same cloth there just because I, I can appreciate uh, and have a lot of friends that are former military and from the Army Rangers themselves. So pretty cool to uh, to be able to have him on and just hear his perspective. What were your top takeaways, man? Uh, so things we talked about balance. I have, you know, I, a lot of things that we talk about are the very similar. So again, that synergy that we find with a lot of our guests um, and the idea that balance doesn't have to be equal. Right. So I don't know if he said it the same way I say it, but he's talked about how you're trying to balance the, the two systems. And I always look at balance doesn't have to be 50, 50, right? I think it's, that's where I went back to quite a bit. And, and we always do about one size doesn't fit all because each person's level of balance is going to be a little bit different and um, working with the individually one-on-one to kind of find that balance spot for you is that's, what's key. Uh, and an awareness, uh, anytime you can have some insight about yourself and, and some of the reasons that you're doing some of the things you are, you have a better chance of making those corrections and uh, modifying those behaviors. So, yeah, that, that, that was a big one. Yeah. You know, for me, I, I think there was a couple things that stood out the intentionality around time and and how we manage our time uh yeah a lot of what he said really struck me as, as spot on you know I, I might turn around and say okay you know you, you got to put some some fillers in there for the unexpected because life does come at you and it's not always going to go as you plan but to be intentional with how you're spending your time and to recognize that not all results are, are business oriented is is a lesson i think a lot of people miss especially people under pressure and stress and you know, we get so focused in on that so that was a that was a really big takeaway and then i i really just appreciated the maturation and development from where he was to to where he is and kind of that that transition and that shift it sounded like pierce has really handled that very well i don't know that a lot of people when they go through a huge identity shift like like coming out of the military and special ops going into civilian life. That's a big identity transition. And I don't think that I personally would handle it as, as smoothly as it sounded like he has. Uh, so just really impressed with uh, how he's he's worked through that, because uh, that that's certainly something that I could see on my own end needing development on uh, just from my past experiences. Well, it seems like, yeah, he's, I think, pretty much said it some in certain ways of how much work he's had to put in to do that. Right. I mean, I spent uh, over a year or so working in the VA, working with uh, former military on some active duty. Um, and that's where I go back to the one size fits all, because there's just so many different personalities in there. And I think that was one of the first things he said is, oh, you make this assumption of when you hear someone in the military is going to be very gruff and Mm -hmm. and tough up front um and and he's more into science and i i i saw that all the time working down the va there was just it's no different than anyone else right like there's just personalities that are going to be different things that they like there's going to be the way that they adapt uh leaving there and you know some of them actually even served together and had totally different experiences in the same situations so it's really goes back and i harp on it a lot and i know we do too that one size doesn't fit all we are unique individuals so not to get too caught up in hearing one person do something and think that's a limit for you because you're going to be different. That's pretty awesome. Well, I, I hope all of our listeners and viewers enjoyed the show. You know, again, if you want to reach out to Pierce, all his contact information is in the show notes, but you can also catch him and us anytime in the EML in the entrepreneur mastery lab in our free private Facebook group. All you got to do is request to join. 
uh, let us know a little bit about yourself. We'll pop you right in. Of course, you can find us elsewhere, right, Doc? Where are we? Everywhere. Here on all our social medias at JB and the Doctor. Makes it real easy. Or you can go to our website and get all these information, including our awesome blog written by JB at jbandthedoctor.com. And if you haven't signed up for our weekly newsletter, you should do that too. We give you all kinds of great information, all for free, and it's just, it's all out there. All you got to do is click a couple buttons. Yep. And like all great storytellers, I'm going to bring it full circle. If I don't care if you've seen us before, if you're a first time viewer or listener, if you haven't liked, subscribed, followed, given us a five-star review, please do. It really helps us promote this and promote the guests that we have on board. So we greatly appreciate it. And uh, thank you so much for your time, attention, and the opportunity to serve you just a little bit here today. And for me to bring it full circle, I'm going to go find some duck. You do not have to one up me good. with your freaking duck, man. <laughs> All right, Doc, you go find your duck. I'm going to go do something else. JB out. Peace out, yo. <laughs>